Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imaginations to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is of salt and blood. My name is Cass and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins in the evening of the 5th of Altor in the year 1069 PR, while an unnatural storm intensifies and the allegedly haunted Caligos Manor presents itself ominously as a place of shelter. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight? Okay, so I am fighting a losing battle against this morning glory in our backyard. And not to complain about my neighbors, but they don't weed along our fence line. And so it doesn't matter how much I weed, the weeds live happily on their side behind their hedges. And they just keep coming, just waves of weeds. And the morning glory is really bad. It just crawls all over everything and if you know anything about morning glory it's a very invasive plant that will like cover everything in your garden if you let it and suck all the sunlight out and block everything from anyway so i'm fighting this losing battle against morning glory and i thought okay enough i need to do some research about morning glory and i have been pulling the morning glory out trying to pull out as much of the root as i can thinking yeah if it has no sunlight it's gonna die right no apparently if you do that the roots just like grow thicker and more fibrous and they send shoots out in like different directions for 20 feet because it's a very tenacious plant turns out what you have to do is you have to either steam the plant to cook the root or use one of those garden blow torches to to burn it so yeah fortunately we own a garden blowtorch but it's very hot and very dry so i feel like it's not a good time of year to be burning things and um it's also a lot of work because we have rock gardens you have to move all the rocks aside to expose the root of the plant and then burn it but maybe now that i know that i will slowly make better progress killing the morning glory Anyway, that's my fun fact. Morning Glory is very robust, and it's hard to kill, and you shouldn't just pull it out. Yo, garden blowtorches are a thing? Yes! That's a thing? 
of you when we bought our house um the people that lived here before us they were moving to an apartment so we purchased all the like yard equipment and it they had a garden blowtorch well that is really dope and i didn't know those were a thing so i've now you got some fun facts crazy i know this is like crazy i'm gonna take a plus one because i have newfound knowledge but i I'm not entirely sure if it works yet because, you know, this is just one person online that's like, here's my fail-safe way to kill morning glory. And maybe it won't work. But we'll see. I'm feeling hopeful, so I'll go plus one. I shall tell my mind-numbing tale. And I shall keep it as PG as possible. Because it is horrifying. And I feel less intelligent after today's events. So today, me and my wife are looking for a new home, and we had a showing today. Now, we thought it was just us, but they set the time for 12 o'clock. Now, mind you, we we made an appointment. They asked for an appointment, and we made an appointment, but five people showed up. So it's more like an open house. I thought that was the worst part of it. No, it got worse. So the people of this home didn't really clean up. In fact, it looked like they had gotten the call five seconds before and left in a hurry. The TV was still on. Nothing was prepared. This house was... It was scarily filthy and not cleaned. And we went, they're like, here's the bedrooms. And the bedrooms had um, undergarments and various uh, things, lotions on the bed. And uh, obviously they had dry skin. And uh, I feel less smart now because of you. I just, I can't. I had to unmute myself to say you. And then what really got me was there was three beds in this place. Three bedrooms. The two bedrooms had beds in them. But there was this child's bed, like obviously a small child, like probably a three or four year old, didn't have a bed, had an air mattress. And I was like, what is going on? It's not like any of the beds had air mattresses. I felt terrible. I was like, what is happening? And I'm going to take a minus one because that was the craziest thing I've ever, ever seen in a house showing ever. That sounds like a nightmare experience. Yeah, it's an incident. I'm not buying that house. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a minus to me. That does not sound like a plus. We left. We left like two seconds in after after the veterans. We just like walked out. I think we should all take a minus one for you. I think that I haven't heard that appropriate. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, so everyone wants a negative to their rolls today. Yeah, that, that puts me to zero. Yeah, that, that hurt my brain. <laughs> I feel hurt by it. Yeah, I mean, you know, things you didn't know you didn't want to know. I just want to keep in mind that was the PG version. <laughs> well, something I found out that I do want to know, which was really dope, was actually right before this recording where Carlos informed me that brownies and cookies had a child and they are called brookies. So thank you, Carlos. And I also learned that Allie is a apparently garden warrior. 
like flamethrowers. Wow. And all of this is useless to me, I guess. And I can't really have brookies. So I will be taking a plus zero. Yeah, so my knowledge, I've literally just been studying for this new job. So I've just been learning a lot of technologies like Docker and CircleCI and like a programming language, you know, a bunch of gibberish to most people in the world. So I would say it's a plus one because it's helping improve in my job. But the horrifying tale of the open house of nightmares <laughs> will put me back to zero. Great. Um, I have another insect fact for you all. I don't know why that just is what I've been learning about. I don't know. There is only one type of insect that lives its whole life on the ocean because it's not a very good place for insects to live because like most of them don't live solely on water. They're related to the little water bugs that like they almost swim like on top of like lakes and rivers and stuff and they just do that out at sea and they're really good at jumping so they like jump over waves which is one of the ways that they like manage to not drown because insects you know breathe air and they eat little like brine shrimp and like zooplankton and stuff but they also will eat each other <laughs> because the ocean is a hard place to live and yeah, I don't know. I was going to take a zero for that because it's not helpful. But I guess with Carlos's fun facts, it's a negative one. I just love the idea that they jump over the waves. There's something really cute about that. I live in this environment, but I can't cope with the environment. So I have to jump to they're, avoid the thing that happens yeah. all the time. They're also smaller than the, or the like freshwater dwelling insects because. That helps them be eaten by predators less, maybe? We're not really totally sure, so they're also cuter than the ones that we see normally. Mm -hmm. That's adorable. I wonder what a giant version on Ebris would look like. Yeah. But with that thought, let's see what you roll. Don't even. Don't even. Stop giving him insect ideas. <laughs> right? I got a four. <laughs> Again, eight. Plus zero? That's a 13. Uh, with my minus one, I also have four. And I do believe that uh, Sylvie's dexterity is... Oh, wait. We're not using character dexterity, are we? <laughs> no. I didn't include my um minus, so I actually got a three. I got a 19. Hi, everyone. It's Carlos here. And I play Marcus Evander, the human rogue. Marcus would most definitely love oreos more specifically brookie oreos google it it's a thing hello my name is Allie, and i am playing maya volta a almost like a paladin a cleric of cain hey everyone my name's Corey, and i play kalina floros who is a human fighter hello friends my name is disco and i play alice the walking talking Magic Mirror, and Radiant Genasi Druid. Yeah. Hi, I'm Emmy. I play Sylvie. She's a half-elf monk, and she would definitely have a pet skunk if she could. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Rain pelts down amidst howling winds. In the few brief moments that Marcus has been away from the party, it has become far worse than even a few minutes prior. 
The trees around you creak under the force of the wind and the weight of the rain. It is becoming increasingly dangerous. Small sticks are picked up and hurled about, while the rain appears to have moved from heavy to torrential, and an almost unnatural chill begins to permeate the air, misting your breaths as you speak and breathe. Marcus, you have just stepped through the tall grasses that divide the edge of the forest and your companions from the vista before you. A promontory stretches from the forest, populated with scattered trees barely visible through the gloom of the pelting rain. And then, amidst a flash of lightning, a silhouette appears against the sky. Rising before you is a dark building with a tiered roof line slanting up and away from you. Beneath your feet is the edge of a worn dirt path with overgrown weeds encroaching on all sides. These weeds drowning in the rain seem to clutch at you with wet fingers. Though you cannot be completely sure what you see ahead of you, you know that only one building stands jutting over the cliffs and tumultuous sea on this side of the bridge. Caligos Manor. If you do not find shelter soon, you fear that the very elements will do what that creature attempted. What will you do, Marcus, as the storm intensifies? Ugh. Is it possible for me... This is such a bad idea, but it's what I would do. That's what Marcus would do. Can I sneak and check it out? The house is still a decent distance away from where you are currently. Oh, okay. You're going to have to go a bit up like a path towards the house that is pretty open with cusps of trees. You could if you wanted to, but it, it might take you a few minutes, and the rain is not making visibility easy for you. The best light you have is directly after a flash of lightning. Okay, yeah, that that's a bad idea. Okay. Marcus kind of says that to himself, and Marcus will just go back to the party the way he came and let them know warn them or let them know of the shelter ahead maybe you make your way pushing through those reeds pushing back through the brambles that seem to cling to you almost grabbing you trying to pull you back but you press on and you come back out to the other side and the party is there if I remember correct Maya is looking after Kalina and Sylvie and Alice is trying to gather some wood or rocks from nearby in the hopes that some kind of shelter could be constructed. Though it doesn't look like there's really any woods being useful for it. Especially with the wind picking it up and throwing it further away. Hey everyone. My, uh, Alice. 
there well, there's a there's a big old house just through this uh this bramble. Marcus, did you say there's a mouse through the clearing? It's very windy. No, it's it's a it's a there's a mouse. There's a mouse. No, I'm not a mouse. It's a house. <laughs> I don't think a mouse will help us with getting out of the rain. There's probably mice there though, but no, it's there's a is a just quick. I do know it's called Caligos Manor. Before I, there are so many different tales of it being a haunted house, of terrifying sounds. You guys avoid this quadrant of the wood when hunting, just because of the tales around it. No, not a not a mouse. It's it's, it's Caligos Manor. Gasp! Oh no! No 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 no! We have spent three years not going here. Very, very carefully, not going here. I, we are, we are not going into that cursed house. By Cain, we cannot go. My, my, I know, but what choice do we have right now? The rain is getting, really getting this, it's loud. It, it's, look at Kalina, you're wishing by. Oh. Look at, I, oh. I know it, we'll just keep guard, and maybe the stories aren't true. Maybe that's a, maybe it's all just ghost stories to keep people away. I hope so. Yeah, I'm with Marcus here. I, we should absolutely go to the deep, scary, dark, haunted, cursed house. Absolutely we should. A, cur- a haunted house has never hurt anyone. I'm not sure that house is haunted by spirits. I think we might find our friend there. I... Before... Before we set out tonight, I went to talk to Petra, and she said that 70 years ago, when the killings or people were dying like they are now, that the town caught Aleki Caligos dragging the body of a drugged man through the town. As you say the name Aleki Kalagos, the wind ominously moans, and the creaking of branches and the sound of straining wood fills the air. As you finish saying his name... There's a loud cracking sound, and suddenly a branch just impales itself. Almost right where you were standing a moment ago. Oh, he can... How bad is visibility? Like, can Kalina... Could Kalina, like, see the path where this creature may have gone? At least from this immediate area? There are no tracks. Well, that's terrifying. Okay, thank you. Well, okay. So, yeah, anyway, they they hung him in the house, and then they tried to set it on fire and it wouldn't burn, which I don't know of any houses that don't burn. I mean, it's not made of stone or anything, so we might be walking into something more than just a myth. Did you just say the- No way. The house doesn't burn? No way. It's going to be very safe. Is that what you just said? Yeah, they tried to set it on fire and it wouldn't burn. And then there were screams coming from inside, even though the only person that should be there was, um, dead. Probably. 
Are they sure it was screams and not cheers of joy, perhaps? Or like a, like well, how you scream I at a party, perhaps? Even if it was screams of joy, who would have been screaming? Also, apparently it was like a horror house. He had been killing for a long time, and it was not good. And, well, it turns out that shark guy really hits a little bit harder than I was expecting, and I just don't want us to walk in there unprepared. Well, this time we stay together. Uh, Clayton says she kind of gets up and just stands there. Maya and Marcus, you both begin to hear something. You begin to hear something almost like the sharp, staccato sound of something striking wood. And then it begins to happen faster, and it seems to be getting closer. And suddenly you feel something pelt you. Hail is beginning to fall. You're going to need shelter. Very soon. Oh, um... Ow. 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 Okay. Perhaps this will pass. Let let me check. Can I just use Druidcraft to see how long this storm will last? (laughs) Describe out your Druidcraft, and I will describe what you see inside it. Alice is quite afraid by this hail and concerned for his friends and he will open his hand and kind of hovering over his hand a mirror ornate mirror forms and the forecast is predicted on the surface of the mirror for him the mirror that forms is going to briefly form and then it's going to shatter as suddenly a shard of ice probably about the length of alice's forearm appears in his hand and then promptly melts. I don't think that is a good sign for the weather. Yes, perhaps shelter is required. Okay, all right. Let's let's make a break for it. Maya will kind of put an arm around Kalina. Kalina will put hers around her shoulder. You can lean on me and we'll, we'll make it as fast as we can. I'll try not to slow you down too much. How are you doing, Sylvie? Do you need help? Yeah, I could probably use a hand. I I can be your eyes. You can be my feet. All right, that sounds mighty fine to me. And I'll, uh, Marcus will go to Sylvie and help her up and put the arm around and kind of do the, uh, what are those things called? Back in kindergarten, three-legged races kind of thing. So Marcus will support Sylvie. Are all of you going to make a break for the manor? Sounds like yes. I will um lead the way with my vision, perhaps. <laughs> As you begin to move through it, the sound of the hail you see it's becoming intense. The the hail it's still really quite small, but mixed amongst the pieces that are falling down are larger ones. You begin to quickly cross the open area. The fields leading up towards this house, following on almost what appears to be a muddy, at one point perhaps a footpath. And as you get closer towards the house, Alice, if you glance back, you'll see that the hail coming closer from the forest side towards the house almost looks like it's getting larger in waves. In uh, response to this, uh, I use Druidcraft to heat up the air around me slightly uh, to see if that will affect 
The ice. <laughs> Falling. Let me re-look at Druidcraft. Okay, that's so why you're looking that up. Kalina would just, while she's like hobbling with Maya, she would be scanning the ground to see if she could find any type of tracks of the creature. Try as you might. No tracks can be found. This muddy path is so slick, and s- it almost seems to be running beneath your very feet. Disco, try as Alice might to heat up the air or do anything like that to try and stave this off. It doesn't seem to be working. So you you turn and you continue to push on. As you approach closer to the house, you begin to see it more clearly through the mixture of torrential downpour and pelting hail. It's a two-story square building with a sagging wooden deck and treacherously old wooden stairs that lead what up to what looks like a large set of double doors. The main entrance seems to be set into the southeast corner of the house, and two sides of the house, the south and the east, spread away from the door, and your trajectory as you approach it on what appears to be a right angle. The south wall appears to be full of large, unshuttered glass windows, but none are broken. To be honest, it almost seems as if the hail isn't even hitting or touching the house. The east wall has two large windows, these ones that do appear to be shuttered, and then the remainder of your sight is blocked, as you sort of look up, by, and to the side, by stone chimneys, one on the east wall that is jutting out from the wall. The path that you're on, you can see that it branches before it reaches the house. This left fork that leads up to the doors I just described, while a right fork seems to go along the side of the house almost through what might be a dense thicket of trees. Maya and Marcus, with your passive perceptions, you can hear the sound of wood banging on wood. Perhaps there's a shutter that's loose, or more than one, and it's unlatched and swinging in the storm that rages around you. But also it niggles at the back of your mind. Perhaps someone didn't close a door. Alice, what are you? Where are you going to lead the group? Left towards the front door, or right into that thicket of trees and wherever the path leads beyond? Well, um, I think Alice would turn and like ask the group as like the hail is coming down and kind of be like, "Hey, um, should we go through the front door?" You guys think we should, like, knock, maybe? As you say this, a large ball of hail falls down and smacks you in the arm, and you're going to take four bludgeoning damage. Is there any way I could use Produce Flame on that? (laughs) No. Give me a perception check, and if you get a 20, I will let you... I will let you have noticed just before it was going to happen. Okay, alright, I have faith in the dice. I have faith in, in the dice. Don't forget we're still nope. exhausted. Nope, it's a four. It is a four. So should I do it again? Should I roll again, Steve? I'm not going to take a, uh, a a critical failure for this. Alright, so four bludgeoning damage. Let's go. Ah! Uh, no, quick, I think we need to get into the house. I don't think... 
we can stay here much longer. Okay, so front door it is. And I will go, was it left at the fork? Yep. Go left at the fork. So going left at the fork, you come to a sagging wooden porch that extends away from a carved front door. It extends 25 feet along the south and east sides of the house. The rain and some of the uh, weather is still pelting down onto it, but it's being protected a bit by the house itself. The wood of the porch is weathered, and in places, quite rotten. Alice, actually with you at the lead, you're not very sure that all of the sections of wood are going to be enough to bear someone's weight. Huh. Well... I don't want us to fall through. <laughs> can I uh, see if I can see any stronger pieces in front of me? <laughs> yeah, give me a perception check. Actually, no, give me sure. an investigation check. And this is at disadvantage, correct? Yes, this is at disadvantage, unfortunately. I'm rolling really bad today. That was a two at disadvantage. With your investigation bonus? Oh, sorry, I forgot I have a bonus. That is a seven, then. I have a seven. With the amount of rain, the hail, the pain that is blossoming, you can't tell which ones you think. You almost want to just blindly run ahead for the door. I guess that's what I will do. (laughs) Are you going to warn the party at all, or...? Yeah, I'll warn the party. Hey guys, the uh, wood looks really rotted here. So be careful with your step. Trot along, as I do. (laughs) Okay, so we are about to enter a house that has some interesting things that will be going on in it. But one thing that I want to explain is how I handle traps as a DM. So as a DM, I ascribe to the click school of rules for most traps. Even when click isn't necessarily the most appropriate sound, it might be more like crash, boom, explosion, shattering sound, sing. But I will probably just say click. So how this works is when the characters encounter a trap, the DM will declare click. We'll then go around the table and the players will each have an opportunity to say how their character reacts to this sound. The decision of how the character reacts might affect the outcome of the trap that's being triggered, such as most commonly by conveying either a bonus or a penalty to the saving throw. Generally, there are only, every kind of reaction you guys give is going to fall into three common categories. Did you pause and brace for the impact? Did you jump to tr- safety? Or did you hit the deck and fall prone? Once every character has announced their reaction, then I'll reveal what the trap does. Players at that point will have to roll a saving throw depending on the type of trap, and good reactions often will result in advantage or a bonus of mon- like a, I was going to say monetary, but a modifier bonus of some kind. Well, bad reactions will probably result in disadvantage or an appropriate penalty. I should also note, though, that if you fail a saving throw for a trap by five or more, I have additional negative conditions that generally go away when you do a long rest, or if the condition can be corrected by other means. 
Oh, good. I'm sure there's a bed in this house. We can all have a long rest. <laughs> First off, can I have someone roll me a flat d20? I think I rolled the last one. It was bad. Should we give it to Alice? Yeah. You're in the lead. Yeah. Let me roll, try my lucky dice, okay? Let's see how this goes. That was a 10. So what's the order you guys are walking in? I think I'm clearly in the front. Yes. Alice is clearly in the front. And then is it Kalina and Maya, or is it Marcus and Sylvie? I feel like the whoever is second at this makes players be going to be injured or something. I would... I would assume it'd be Maya and Kalita, since Sylvie's with us, was the most injured, right? Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, I think it makes, yeah, I think that makes sense. Alice, you step up over the steps and you begin to cross towards the door. The shelter from the elements being a brief reprieve. Marcus, Sylvie, you begin to climb behind. You're a few steps behind Alice. Kalina, Maya. You're a few steps behind them. Click. You all hear a cracking sound. What do each of you do? I'll start with Alice, because he's in the front. What will Alice do? Alice will jump away from the sound. Marcus. Is there a safe place where I can kind of do a tosseroo of Sylvie? You don't have the option to know what is a safe space. I'm going to position myself between Click and Sylvie and just kind of get prone. You're going to drop prone? I, yes, yes. Sylvie. I think it makes more sense to her, for her to brace for impact. But Marcus is like, her and Marcus are together, so I think she's also going to drop prone. Maya. Kalina and Maya, are they still like fairly close to the foot of the stairs? You guys have made it to the top of the stairs. A few steps past it. How far is it to the door? You'd have to go through your companions in front of you. Got it. Okay. I think Maya's going to back up. You're going to jump back? Yeah. Kalina. Uh, she would whirl around and put her back towards the door and kind of shield Maya. Are you jumping back with Maya or are you basically staying where you were? Staying where I am but blocking the door and Maya. Not even dropping down, just standing up. Can I please have a dexterity saving throw from all of you? Alice and Maya, you have advantage. Marcus, Sylvie, and Kalina, you all have disadvantage. It's a 16 for Alice. Oh, gosh. I got a 17. Poor. Kalina got an 11. I got an 18. Alice, as you begin to hear the cracking sound, you quickly jump forward, dancing over a few of the floorboards that seem of the deck that seems to just sag under the combined pressure of your party and collapse in. Marcus and Sylvie, as you guys drop prone, you suddenly displace your weight out across the small section that you were on, and it doesn't break, though right behind you, where as Maya sort of jumped back, it began to break and crumble and she began to fall through, and Kalina, you just drop straight through. Suddenly, you have fallen through rotting floorboards. Kalina and Maya, uh, you will take one piercing damage and five bludgeoning damage. As the boards collapse, 
they're going to throw a little bit of shrapnel up, which will hit Marcus and Sylvie and Alice, but that will only be for two bludgeoning damage. Oh. It's the sound Alice makes when he gets hit. Ah! Clean him! Uh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, that hurt. As she's trying to like, get back up. Hi. Is Kalina, like, waist-deep in the porch now? She's about up to... Mm, probably, like, just below her arms. But Kalina and Maya, with both of you half under, you begin to almost feel as if there's things squirming around you. Oh. Slimy things. Uh, yeah. Can Maya try to, like, pull herself out? Kalina will try and help her up first. Help Maya out. With your predicament that you're both in the trap, you can't really help each other out. There's something there's something down here. Um Maya's gonna like sort of reach for uh anything she could pull herself up on, but failing that, like sort of flail wildly hoping one of her less <laughs> sunk companions will help her out. Kalina's gonna like stomp on try and stomp near on the things that she kind of feels. Like, wait, can I even lift my hood? Oh, these There's... are everywhere. Ew. These are everywhere. You have almost fallen into probably what is like an empty space underneath this porch, except it's mirous and muddy, and there are things crawling down there. All right. Is there anything to grab on and pull myself out? You can reach out to the deck around you and try and put your weight onto that hoping it won't break. Yeah, Kalina would try that. Uh, for both Maya and Kalina, can I have athletics checks? Oh, good lord, I got a nap. One. Six in total. E.T. Maya, you're able to pull yourself up pretty easily, but Kalina, where you bring your arms down to push, you actually break through more rotten floorboards on this porch. And whatever it is down there begins to almost sort of like climb up your legs a bit. Oh my god. But not my hands? Or where, where, like, did my hands fall through it, or did it just fall under? As you were pushing yourself up, the floorboards around gave way, so your arms would have gone down, but you can still try and get over to a side and pull yourself up over there. Now that Maya's up, can Maya help Kalina out? Yep. You can give Kalina advantage. I will do that. Reach down and grab your hand. And she'll grab and try to like pull up as well with, with my all the time you hear is like okay something's moving that I don't know what it is but, and she's like you can see her like kind of squirm a little bit to kick something oh <laughs> uh, is this another athletics roll yes uh eight you'll struggle it's hard it's very hard by the time that you've pulled yourself up Sylvie and Marcus have made their way to the door You'll be able to pick your way a little bit across, being really careful to look down. And once you get over to the door and you're there as a group, you can see that your legs look like they have little, almost, cuts and bites on them. Yeah. I think that Alice would have been, like, trying to look through the cracks to, like, see if he could help them out. What do I... What do I see? <sighs> Give me a perception check. This one is with disadvantage. To try and make out what's down there because not because it's dark because that doesn't matter to you but because it's really muddy and mirous down there 
Well, I rolled a 17, which would have been great, but with disadvantage, that will be a 12. So you think perhaps it's their maggots and grubs and small insects and bugs? But it might be things closer to leeches? There's a whole... It almost looks like there's a carpet under there that's alive and squirming. Horrible. And now there's a large gaping hole that is blocking you guys from getting back out this way. It's like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're inside now, though, right? Oh, no, you're not inside yet. Oh, so we're just on the porch. The large wooden doors of the entrance to this home are carved from the native redwood of Merstwall. These doors, this front entrance, stands closed. Alice and Sylvie, because you guys are able to see better, you can see that above the door is a wooden crest under which the stylized words Caligos Manor are carved. And the crest is a lighthouse with a shark in the waters at its base. Well, I think whoever built this place wanted everyone to know who lived inside. Curious, it's a, a shark. Yeah, I, I told you we would probably find the shark guy here. I think he's some kind of weird experiment, or... I don't know. I think they're connected, but... I don't know. I don't know. Is the door locked? Would you like to attempt it? Now when you say it like that, yeah. Can I investigate it first? Can I investigate the door before? Can I grab Sylvie's hand like, Sylvie, wait, let me have a look first. Sylvie, would you have reached out and grabbed it first? Or do you think Alice would have intervened? I mean, if he reached out fast enough, she would stop, but I don't know. Let's do a dexterity roll-off. You're going to kill me. It's a 13 for me. Oh, wow. Okay, Sylvie didn't do good at that. Okay, I got an eight. Just as Sylvie's hands are about to touch the doorknob, Alice, you quickly grab her wrist. What if I'd grab her? I might just, like, tap her on the shoulder, like, quickly. And can I investigate the door? Go right ahead. Remember, this is with disadvantage, because you're exhausted. I'm so tired, man. I... All right. Uh... Not too bad. Uh, first one was a 17, second one was a 12, and my investigation is a plus 7. So that would be a 19. So you look over the door. It looks like it's... It, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like it could be hiding any traps. From what you think. But then also, you don't really think that the floorboards behind you were a trap. That's probably just wear and tear. And you are the unfortunate individuals that it seemed to have walked up through the main entrance. Sylvie, it looks safe, but don't you think we should knock first, maybe? Or there a doorbell? To let whoever know that we're here? No, I... It's only polite. I mean, yeah, but what if it's just the shark guy who answers and he chomps us all? I would rather not deal with that again. You're right. He doesn't deserve manners. 
Sylvie will try and open the door again. If she, if Alice doesn't stop her. Looks safe to me. Sylvie, you reach out, your hand slowly moving towards the doorknob. Concern filling you. You grasp it, and you turn it, and you pull. You think the door is locked. Hmm. It looks like it's locked. Um... Does anybody know how to pick a lock? We don't have... We probably don't have the tools to do that. Hmm. Clean will get up and kind of just walk to the door and then try and <laughs> ram it open. Unless someone tries to stop her. Like, you, you can tell she's rearing up to try and ram into it. Are you feeling well enough for that? Eh, we'll figure it out. Well, I mean, somehow, right? Yeah, but... So I will now talk about how I handle locks. These are rules that you're going to become familiar with as we play through the game, because I'm going to handle locks the exact same way as I do all the time. So when you are dealing with locks, I like to make sure that we're all on the same page so that everyone has the same expectations for how locks will be utilized and how they'll be interacted with. So first off, if you are attempting to pick a lock, only one character in the group is allowed to attempt to pick the lock. We can't have everyone in the group try to do it. That being said, additional characters can attempt to aid in doing it. How the aiding works is that each character that has the proficiency can roll a, a DC 12 check. And if they pass, then it gives a plus two bonus to the check that the actual individual that's doing the lock needs. If you have decided to skip the lock picking attempt or the lock picking attempt is unsuccessful, Then there's four different options you have. You could try and search for the key. You could use a spell, such as knock or chimes of opening. Or you can attempt to smash the lock. Smashing the lock is going to be a strength athletics check, similar to the initial lock picking attempt. And only one person, though, is allowed to attempt it, and they cannot be aided. If you guys don't open the lock, then you guys can't open that lock for generally it's for a, a given period of time like I won't let you guys attempt it really for another 24 hours because otherwise random numbers will eventually just let you through it and it won't make any sense whereas if you fail both these say attempts I will cause something to happen that will take you away from handling that generally you won't be able to retry doing it until you've gained a level of experience so, Kalina, would you like to attempt to break this lock? Attempt to smash through these doors? Kalina would if no one stops her. Or gives her a good reason why she shouldn't try. The, can I ask a quick question? Yep. The crest, the way it's mounted on the wall, could something be put behind it? Interesting that you would ask that. Perhaps. Uh, well, wait, just one second, Kalina. There was, uh, um... When I was younger, I stayed in this guest house, and 
they just kept the key above the door on the uh the trim thing that way i don't know what you call those the the wood above the door and maybe there's a key up there or behind that sign that sounds Check. like a terrible idea people well, have that i mean yeah if you live in a in a remote spot or you think that it's kind of safe like i mean if you don't if you live in town you wouldn't do it i think but this guest house that I stayed at was like on a manor estate, and so I, I think they thought it was pretty safe. I mean, there's nobody here on this side of the island, so maybe they might have hit a key. Clean the bags. I was like, ah, worth a shot. And she l- looks up like, I'm assuming she's not tall enough to reach this crest. How tall is everyone in the party again? Five seven. Five seven. Marcus is the tallest, I think. Uh, Sylvie's five eight. Six one. Alice is little. So these are quite tall double doors. They're probably about eight feet tall. You could try to lift someone up if you want to try and check up there. But it also means that one person on their own wouldn't be able to get up there. Hey, Marcus, want to go up? Unless they were a tall shark person. <laughs> <laughs> that's already That's already eight or ten feet tall. All pieces are coming together. Finally. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> I can attempt to get it or give someone a boost or whatever you, y'all think is best. Kalina, like, gets in position to, like, to boost. I was like, come on, let's go. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I'm just going to get up. But, okay. Boom. All right. Hold steady. I'm going to. How heavy is Marcus again? 190. Okay. Do you want help? <laughs> nope, Kalina will struggle. You should be like, oh, oh God. Okay, people. I think Maya would try to help because Kalina's, like, injured from the fight and then injured from the, like, fight ring. Yeah, maybe someone should help because I'm kind of swaying here. Maya will go help Kalina to kind of, like, I guess, balance Marcus to help steady him so that it's not so hard to hold on alice pretends to help but his hands are just there like you know like you know he's like holding them around mm-hmm. i've definitely done that moving furniture it's all good <laughs> uh one thing that i should note uh ally when mm-hmm. maya fell into the trip in into the pit mm-hmm. uh because you failed it by five or more i forgot to mention this you have a twisted ankle. Ow! At minus five to speed. Okay. That's you have a speed great. of 25 currently. Good, good. Well, Maya will put her weight on her good foot and help balance Marcus. Uh, this is much easier. This is much more, I feel much safer in the carrying arms of Kalina and Maya together. Yes, you're welcome too. Me too. Oh, yeah, Al, I'm so sorry. I f- you're doing so much that I was blinded, um, blinded to it. Uh, all right, let's see here. It's, uh, Marcus is going to attempt to reach behind or pull this thing down. Whatever. So as you sort of go up there and you try to pull it off, you can tell that it has been nailed in. But as you sort of reach around, you find no key. Got nothing. Okay, I'm out of ideas. As you guys sort of come back down and settle back and Kalina starts to 
gear herself up to run. Kalina, are you going to charge and slam the door? Uh, yes. Just as you were about to slam into the door, there's a creak. And it begins to open outwards. See, I told all of you we should have knocked. Kalina will stop and look a little terrified. Okay, that's different. That's terrifying. Kalina will look and see, was there anyone behind the door? Or like in the doorway as it opened? There's a crack of lightning. And for a briefest of moments, you did think you almost saw someone. You thought you saw a man standing five foot nine with dark freckles that dotted his oval face and softly shaped jaw. He had a straight nose, slightly larger ears, but smooth cheeks and narrow lips. And his brown eyes, they were cold and hard. He was dressed in an archaic manner, one that you perhaps would think of as a valet or a butler, someone who would wait on a noble or prominent individual. But as a second flash of lightning fills and illuminates the visage, the vista before you, he's gone. Kalina just kind of stops and uh, looks terrified. Kalina, what's wrong? She kind of looks back at the door again. I thought I saw someone. And we stay a dip. Not sure we're going to be able to. Hail begins to fall, slanting almost towards where you are on the deck. <laughs> and a pelting wave of rain begins to almost... I think the storm can hear me. As if... Whatever is driving this storm, because Alice is fairly sure this is unnatural, is attempting to corral you inside. Rain and hail begins to pelt down, slamming into the porch. And where some of it comes down, it's larger pieces and it smashes through the rotten, ruined porch. Almost as if it's dividing you from where you came. Well, it would be impolite to be invited in and just not, you know, out of the storm. So, Kalina will pull her hunter's knife out and kind of just have it at the ready. And just, this damn storm's not really giving us much of a choice. And we'll slowly go, through, go forward. Alice follows. Yeah, so we also would follow. Ray's probably, like, the last person to go through the door. Very, very reluctant. I think Marcus might be, like, neck and neck with Maya. Not wanting anything to do with any kind of mysterious shark killing people. Maya is definitely muttering under her breath things about, like, it's been three years, we've managed to avoid the haunted house this long, how is it that suddenly we're forced in here just as we're about to leave? How do these things happen? Kane, why? 
Um, Alice will hold out his hand to fist bump Sylvie and kind of like whisper like, we don't get to go to the haunted house. We've always wanted to go to. Hell yeah, we're going to figure out if this thing is haunted or not. And hopefully not die in the process. Hell yeah. As Maya and Marcus enter the house, the last two to come in, the doors close as if a gust of wind from both sides had suddenly come and just slammed them closed. That's creepy. Spooky. Oh, great. Now we're... Lightning. Oh, so I bet. Lightning flashes, and the windows along the southern side briefly illuminate the room before you. It appears that you stand in what may, may be a, an entry hall or a foyer of some kind that extends both to the west and the north. And up a grand staircase in front of you to the upper reaches of the house. To the west, along the southern windows, it runs clear straight through to the north or to your right from where you are currently. Isn't another large set of double doors that are closed. Directly across from the front door is a large fireplace. It's cold stone. It's the only thing that surrounds it. Like a dark, gaping maw. The floor though only briefly illuminated through the light, through the flash of lightning, appears to be flagstones cut to various sizes, knitted together to create an intricate pattern beneath thick layers of dust. Alice and Sylvie, you guys can see much, you can see this, much easier than the rest of your party. It is almost pitch black in this house. Except when the bolts of lightning illuminate the sky and flash. So, what would you guys like to do? Sylvie and Alice, as I've said, the two of you can see much better than the remainder of your companions. To your companions, this is a dark room that briefly is illuminated with the punctuation of lightning. Did my rock stop glowing? Can you roll me a d20 because I forgot about your rock existing? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. There's also a case where taking care of Sylvian, my Kalani, you kind of like put it down and I forgot to pick it up when the hailstorm started going. Oh, yeah, this is three. You either left it back in the forest, and you might now be promptly remembering, or you dropped it when you fell through the deck. Could find something to pick up and carry around with me. Um, I can't see anything. Oh, um, well... We could try and light a fire in this fireplace. Uh, yes, and then we could sleep. Did you say fire? Right, we can just... Uh, 
<laughs> we can just camp out in the living room. It'll be fun. Well, I would like to get out of these clothes. I'm assuming all our clothes are soaking wet right now. Oh, they're soaking wet, and your pants or the long portion of your dress, which whatever Kalina's wearing at this time, is caked with mud. That doesn't bother her too much. Can Alice take out a gold coin, and can he throw it uh, towards the door, and he'll say something along the line of, Thank you for opening the door for us. That's your tip. Oh, good lord. Please don't tip them. <laughs> you never hear that gold coin hit the floor. <laughs> oh, good. Great. Great. Good. Yeah, a fire sounds good. At least light this place up. I'd love to be able to see. So looking around... There's the large fireplace, and there are some brackets on the walls that look like they're for lanterns. Really? When you say brackets on the wall, that means that there is something attached to them, or there were for lanterns, and the lanterns are not there anymore? There are lanterns in these brackets. I see. These are not lanterns that can be removed from the wall, but it looks like they might be either lanterns that you put a candle in and light, or maybe oil lanterns. You'll need to go and investigate them to determine. I would like to investigate it. It looks like they are oil lanterns. And they are full. Well, I'm nervous about this, but I will use a produce flame to try and put like a little a light on one of them. And the way that it kind of works is it almost, well, I guess it's dark in here, but the way that it would work just like a little bit of light glows from Alice's glass-looking hand and kind of the way that a magnifying glass produces a flame. It's, like, similar. <laughs> cool. So I'm sort of imagining Alice brings his fingers apart a bit, and almost as if light were refracting through each of them, the little beams sort of come out, and where they cross in the air, a small fire appears. Yeah, like a, like a little flame. Maybe it looks like a lighter kind of flame that like hovers where this light had met and he's able to maintain it yeah and you're you're keeping it pretty small i'm assuming whereas when if you were to use it for combat it would be a larger flame i absolutely absolutely i i almost imagine if it was in combat it's almost like he's continuously producing this effect rather than doing it once if that makes sense because it's really not a lot of damage and it's it's more for like producing fire than throwing it so you can light the wick that comes up out of the oil. And now, this room is bathed in a, almost a dirty glow. The glass on the outside of these lanterns is thick with dust. I guess I will go from lantern to lantern, kind of lighting it for the group. Thanks, Alice. So you light the lanterns in this main foyer. This room has now been illuminated for you. As I described before, it extends to the west and to the north, and there is also a grand staircase. The west is to the left of the grand staircase, and the north is to the right of the grand staircase. And the grand staircase has sort of two branches that come up around a fireplace in the center and go up into the darkness that is the second story. To the north is a pair of closed 
double doors. And to the west is an open room, though it is also quite dark. Well, this is fancy. It's filthy in here. I've seen worse. Been deserted for a long time. Probably abandoned. Are there any footprints in the dust other than ours? Give me an investigation check. Right. With disadvantage, remember. Right. Well, I am not very good at investigation. I got a 14. That's actually pretty good. Looking about, aside from your own party's footprints, there are no paths of footprints that seem to lead in other directions. At least at the moment. And then you almost think that you see footprints forming in the dust. Footprints that walk into the dark. But only Sylvie sees that, right? Only Sylvie's the one looking at the moment. Right. I think Sylvie would maybe gasp a little bit at do the footprints disappear after she thinks she sees them? Are you looking at them? I think so. They're still there. Oh. Okay. But that's almost more terrifying somehow. I don't know. What direction do the footprints go? They go to the west. Into that other open room. This place not divided by a door. Versus the north. These footprints just appeared out of thin air. Does anybody want to go see where they go with me? Yeah. As you turn back to the party and tell them, and then you turn back to point at the footprints, they're gone. Sylvie, what footprints? Uh, I are think, you sure? I don't see anything. Um, I thought there were... I think maybe... I mean, it's been almost two days since any of us have slept. Maybe I'm just really tired. I was hoping we could find a place to make a fire, kind of barricade ourselves in a room somewhere, have a rest. Is there any firewood nearby? Probably chop up some furniture. I think we're just in the foray, right? I think. Is there any furniture here? I don't think whoever opened the door would like that. There is no furniture in the foyer. And no wood near the fireplace, I'm assuming. There are no convenient logs stacked in the fireplace. I guess the ghosts don't really need fire, huh? We could go down the, the hallway and see where those double doors go. Maybe we can barricade ourselves in there. Maybe it's a bedroom or something. Yeah. Whoever let us in seems to be really hospitable. Perhaps we can just ask them to show us to our room? Perhaps... Uh, if you think that would work, I'm not opposed. I uh, don't have any other... I don't have any better ideas. Yeah, I mean, you got the door open, so... Okay, okay, um, all right. Spirit of the great beyond, wherever you are, please take us to our rooms, oh hospitable one. Did you have to use your ominous voice for that? Oh, was I using an ominous voice? I had no idea. I think it was very thematic. Hopefully it gets their attention and they're as nice as you think. 
They definitely are. I don't know if I can stab a ghost with this knife. So hopefully they're nice. Okay. You... You don't see anything. You don't hear anything. The flames that burn in the lanterns, they don't go low or change color. As they did when Peghilda called souls. Oh, um. Do I think it didn't work? Like, do I have an arcane sense that my communication didn't work? You feel like maybe you might be missing something? Hmm. You used the same tone Big Hilda did. Yeah, yeah. You're sure you did? I'm sure I did. But but you remember that she had lots of different occult objects, paraphernalia, and different things that she would use when communicating with spirits. Mm-hmm. Well, um... Maybe she, maybe those were what really worked for her, but you're unsure what you what you need to do. Well, I will uh, just like take out my embroidered handkerchief, kind of like dab my forehead a little bit. Can I just sit down on the floor where I am and do my best to recall anything I know about invisible forces that open doors? <laughs> Give me an Arcana check. Okay. All right. Come on, spirits. Come on, be with me. Oh, not bad. Not bad. So I did roll a 16, which would have been great, but I did get a 10, which will get me to a 16. (laughs) As you sort of slump down and sit on the floor thinking about it, you can remember multiple different ways that Big Hilda would consult the spirits and consult fate. Uh... When consulting fate, she often would use cards or sticks. Uh, Sometimes she would even invoke each of the elements in turn, starting by invoking all twelve, and then by invoking greater elements and slowly working her way into what she called the conjunction. But you don't think that that's appropriate here. That usually was for calling on very powerful, more elemental spirits were bound into the world. When she was calling on the dead, if she was, say, trying to intercede on someone's behalf or utilize the spirits to garner someone's fortune or future, she might utilize, say, a, a seeing glass, an orb of something like that, or or a deck of cards. But if she was really trying to contact just a straight ghost, someone she wanted to ask questions to but that she couldn't locate the body of, that she couldn't animate their body and force it to tell her and unleash their secrets, then she would often utilize a spirit board. Well, if only I had one, as I dab the sweat off my forehead with the handkerchief that I have. If only you did. If only. Perhaps you'll be able to find a tool in this house that will be able to help you. Well, it seems they're not as hospitable as I thought. Well, perhaps we should move on to one of the next rooms and maybe... That'll be a place that we can barricade ourselves in. So I think you mentioned the one to the north was good. It does have a good, stout-looking door. Yeah, I figured we could try that. I mean, I don't know that I want to go up the staircase right now, but 
Maybe after we've explored more down here. Yeah. Do you want me to try and ram the double doors open? Kind of worked for the front door. I think we could walk down there and, like, maybe see if they're open. People don't usually lock doors inside their houses. Do they? Do people do that? I don't know. I think it shouldn't be locked. I mean, I guess we'll find out. Why don't we go find out? So, follow the... I'm, like, kind of saying this to make Sylvie feel better. Um, Follow the footprints, right? I went the other direction. I, uh, I don't know. They probably weren't there. It's fine. We should go. Sylvia will start walking in that direction if nobody else does. Are you splitting the party? No, I'm following. I am absolutely following. Cleo will follow wherever Sylvie's going. Well, half of you have previously been discussing about going north. Now Sylvie is thinking of following the footprints west. Oh, no. She was going to go north assuming the footprints were a figment of her very shaken mind. This has been a long night. Day? Two days? I don't know. So you approach the door to the north, and it opens with a creak. A very loud creak. And as you step across the flagstones, this room before you, it's wooden floors, still thick with dust. This room is quite dark. Two filthy but still intact windows are framed by sage green drapes. And they would illuminate this large room, which is painted a creamy pale blue. If they weren't covered in so much dust and grime, and if they weren't shuttered from the outside. Down the center of this room runs a large honey-colored wooden table covered in various things. The table is thick with dust and cobwebs which cover plates and bowls, cutlery, two candelabras, a large soup pot even, and a roasting pan with a ladle that are strewn about the edge of the table with no seeming semblance of order. On the east wall, between the two windows, is a large fireplace. And directly opposite this fireplace is another set of large double doors. The mantle above this fireplace is barren. Additionally, this room also has a large cabinet with glass doors and a sideboard, both that match the table and chairs in this room. Ugh, can someone light this one up too? I, I can't see anything. Does Alice see candles to light within 30 feet? <laughs> There's the candelabras. We could pick up a candelabra. <laughs> oh. You could pick up one of the two candelabras that are on the table. Um... Yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to grab a candelabra. <laughs> and I will light each of the candles. And I will hand it to Kalina and I will say, I hope it lights your way through the darkness. You could have sworn that as you reached for the candelabras, that the candles upon them were creamy white tapers. 
But after you light it and as you hand it to Kalina, you notice that they are actually red candles. Kalina will grab it and just be like, ah, do you always have to make things confusing? Then we'll shine it into the what room. I would think that light would make things not as confusing for you in the dark, but... Oh, you speak so complex all the time. Hey, Maya, you think you could use one of these silverwares for your that light thing you do? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, hand, hand me something. Couldn't walk over and grab the nearest cutlery. Like just either a fork or a knife. Whatever's closer. <laughs> the glowing fork sounds amazing. You pick up a fork. It appears to be made of either brass or copper. It is not silver. Ha. If this is a where shark what did we say it was? Where's where zombie shark? This fork's not gonna be effective. Huh. Unusual. Um and then she'll walk back to my like, here you go. I can give her the fork. Thank you. Maya holds the fork in her like upturned hands and says Hi, King. Guide my steps that I may not stumble in my service to you. Show your compassion and light my way. And as she says that, her hands, the light begins to shine at her palms and it transfers into the fork. And now she has a glowing fork. Wonderful. You have a... It's the fork of truth. Yes. Beautifully glowing fork. What color is the light? Let's say this is a kind of coppery fork. Did you say copper? Copper or brass. So I think that the flame, or the, not the flame, the light is going to be like an orangey pink sort of coral color. Soft and rosy. Okay. This place needs something cheerful like that. So it illuminates the room. You can see that the walls are painted a creamy, pale blue. And the two windows that are intact are framed by sage green drapes. What will you do? Is this room full of doors? There's a set of double doors directly across from the fireplace. Otherwise, it is mostly filled with a dining room table. A long one. Well? Cass, is there anything that's not on the table that Alice could perhaps pick up? Like, what is around him right now? Directly to your left, coming in the door, appears to be a sideboard that likely has drawers of some kind. And then on the far end of the room, there is a china cabinet of some kind with glass doors. But you'd need to get closer to it as it's covered in dust. Okay, and what else is on the table? On the table, there are plates, bowls, cutlery. Only one candelabra is there now. A large soup pot, a roasting pan, and a ladle. Can I take a look at the plates on the table and like note how they look and then can I take it off of the table and see if I notice a difference what exactly are you looking for seeing that the candles changed color when he removed them from the table like he wants to know if, if there's something arcane about this table that is influencing the appearance of things to be different so as you pull the plate off the table it still looks the same dusty plate. Well, I will put it back then. What will you guys do? Well, this has two doorways and it's got a fireplace. If we could find some, even if we can't find wood for the fireplace, uh, 
Maybe we could barricade the doors with the furniture in here and then we could sleep. My ankle is killing me and I am so tired. I think we should at least look around and make sure there's nothing in the immediate vicinity. Marcus, you want to take the other side of the table? I'll check the other. Sure, absolutely. And Maya, why don't you sit down while we do this? Okay, I'm sorry. Maya's going to pull out a dusty chair and have a seat on it and kind of like take her, well, she won't take her boot off until she gets all clear, but she's going to kind of like feel it gently to see how bad her injury is. Nicola will walk down the left side of the table and kind of like check the walls, check underneath the table, check on the table to make sure there's nothing that looks weird. Marcus will do the same for the rat. So are you guys perceiving things? Are you just doing a cursory glance? Or are you really taking your time and investigating as you're going along? Lena would definitely be scrutinizing and investigating slowly to make sure we don't miss something. She doesn't miss something. So what are you looking for? Signs of anyone else may have been in the area recently. Marcus? Marcus is just doing... He's not doing such scrutiny work. He's just doing a general perception of surroundings and kind of looking around that side of the table. Not really investigating hardcore, but he is trying to do his best to perceive any threats or anything like that. Kalina, can I have a investigation check from you? Marcus, on the other hand, I'll take a perception check from. <laughs> Kalina got an 8 on her investigation check. I got a 14, sorry. As you move throughout the room, Kalina going up the left, Marcus going up the right. You don't notice anything amiss. Marcus, though, as you close with the cabinet with its glass doors at the end, you almost briefly thought for a moment that reflected in the glass door, you saw someone sitting at the table. Not just Maya. Someone eating. An elderly man with sort of pockmarked, sunburnt skin. Looked incredibly tired. And was covered in various bruises. You thought that you saw him eating a bowl of soup with a shadow standing over his shoulder. But as you quickly looked back to glance to make sure that that's was sitting at the table. All you saw was Maya sitting at the table. Not even in the chair where you thought you saw this person. And as you glance back towards the glass, the cabinet, there's no one there. Nothing is being reflected. It's filthy and covered in dust. Oh, I am either really tired or we're continually being haunted by otherworldly powers because I just thought I saw someone sitting in the chair eat soup. We are most definitely being haunted by otherworldly powers. That's fair. That's fair. I don't mind catching little glimpses as long as they just leave us alone. But this glimpse was sitting at that table. Well, I didn't see anything on this side. Hm. 
Are you sure you saw something? Where was he sitting, Marcus? Which chair? Damn, which chair was it again? I was more haunted by the man than the chair was. Marcus can point out the chair. Right, that chair over there. Hmm. Well, if I don't see anyone. Should we all have dinner then? Do we have any food? I didn't bring anything. I don't think there's anything to eat. Can I cast Goodberry? <laughs> uh, I think you can. I can. And you have a wand, don't you? So that yes. that that takes up the material component. So you don't need the berries to cast it. Oh, yay. Is there any way I could just wave my wand and an equally divided amount by 10 for each of us? I don't know. Should it appear on a plate? Like, should I just like set the table with it? Or can I not make it appear far from me? Would it just be up close to me? I am fine going for some flavorful addition of plating it somehow strangely and magically. Great, great. He will wave his wand and I guess, because I want to give some to the ghost too. Like I want to make sure that he has some on his plate and it is 10 berries. So that will be 10 divided by, what is it? The six of us now or with the ghost? With the ghost, there are six of you, but there are 12 chairs. Ooh. I'll do one berry on each plate. I'll be like, dig in, everyone. And it is, I don't know if everyone knows good berry, but it is nourishment for the entire day. And everyone gets one hit point for each berry they eat. Okay, I'm curious. And they are blueberries. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what kind of berry are they? Or are they like, do they taste like a children's multivitamin? <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to bite in and find out. Thanks, Alex. I'm going to barricade this door over here first, but I'll get to mine afterwards. And Kalina will look to see, is there a lock on this other double door? Or like a place for like a long beam or something? Oh, you're welcome, Kalina. There is a lock, but it looks like it requires a key. Can I tell which way it opens? Like whether it opens outward? It opens inwards into this room. Does it look like I could maybe prop a chair in the middle of it against... I don't know if it's got handles or... It does have handles. Would you like to remove a chair from the table? Let me go by the fireplace. Is there like a stoker near the fireplace? Or any other like firework tool? Yes, there is. She'll grab one of those and slam it between the bars. Or between the handles. If it can fit like that. I don't really think that it will fit like that. These are sort of just like the handles that turn. They're not... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not handles that you pull. Okay, like knobs, more likely. Yeah. Or like you would have to just... Okay, yeah, she'll grab a chair instead then and try and slam it up against the knob. Or we'll try to get it. That's what she'll try to do. So you prop a chair up under there. This door that you're barring is the one that opened inwards. That opens inwards into this room. This is the one you have not been through. The other one opens outwards from this room. The one that you originally came through. Huh. I don't know how, I'm gonna, how we're going to barricade this one. Maybe we should keep a watch. We could move the table in front of it, maybe. Yeah. There's a cabinet and a sideboard, the table, and 12 chairs in this room. Sorry, I'm, an, I'm not smart. What's the side? What's a sideboard? It is a cabinet, but it usually only goes up about halfway, and it does not have a area for... How do I put it? Uh... It generally doesn't have an area for China with, like, say, glass doors that you pull open. It's instead 
basically like a fancy chest of drawers that usually has like cutlery and other things like that. I think you can use it, or I think it's used for putting the dishes on so that the servants can like place the food in the room and then serve you, like carry it around the table and serve you, but the, the food's close. They don't have to keep going back and forth to the kitchen. Yes. Yeah, let's see if the... We can try this out, but the, the doors are going to be open. Uh, don't know how else we can really... Maybe we close them first and then barricade this, but they open out towards the foyer or the entrance hall. Not sure how we're going to completely block this. This sounds like maybe we should look for a different room where the doors aren't like that. If they opened inward and we could block them from being open, that would be different, but there's not enough furniture in here, I don't think, to fully cover the doors. Certainly not to keep a shark person out. To be honest, I don't think even that, she'll point to the other doors, I don't even think that would stop him, but it would at least wake us up if he barges in. I don't know, what do you, what do you guys think? Should, should we look for another space? The shark lives here, correct? Well, we don't know that. We just think that's probably true. Well, if it does, right? And we really haven't seen it during the day, right? It only comes out at night. Would it be best to be in a room that hides itself completely from any kind of light coming in because of shutters that are nailed from the outside? Perhaps we should think about that. Maybe it likes the dark. Maybe that's true. I mean, I don't think it would hurt to go through the the, the doors that we haven't been through yet. I mean, we haven't seen any signs that he's here, at least in this part of the house. Everyone should eat their dinner first because so, your berries are getting cold, especially you, Mr. Ghost. How late is it getting now, Dan? You have no idea. If you could see the outside... You'd be able to tell how far past dusk this is because of how bad the storm is. Food sounds like a good start. And Clay will go pick a empty chair with the berry set and eat hers. And that's like, thank you, Alice. Tastes good. Okay. All right. Did the ghost eat his berry? It sits untouched. Wow. What a waste. Alice will eat his berry. Marcus will eat his berry. Yeah, Sylvie's eating her berry as well. Thanks, Alice. This is this is great. Oh, oh, you're most welcome. As he's like chewing his berry, it makes ten berries. Mm-hmm. And there's five of you, so everyone could have two hit points if you don't want to keep the berries for tomorrow because they last for twenty four hours. I forgot. They did. Yeah, whatever. Everyone take. Everyone's everyone's hurt. Everyone should eat. I think Sylvie will just shove the second one in her pocket somewhere. Clay wouldn't eat a second one, then. Unless everyone else had already done it. Maya's definitely about to pop the second berry into their mouth, and then they're like, oh, oh, we're not, okay, no. And then put it back down on the plate to wait to see if anybody else is going to eat their second berry. If they're not, then Maya will save it. Alice eats both. Arcus definitely ate the second berry. Oh. As soon as Maya sees Alice eat the second one, she'll pop it into her mouth. What are you guys going to do? I think we agreed a little more investigation. Yeah, next room. The doors we haven't been through or the other room? Um, I think we should go through the doors that we haven't been through in here yet. Yeah. Clean of size, like, ah, will that work? 
<laughs> gets up and goes up there. It's the door. And then we'll try to open it, open them afterwards. So you open the doors. You open the two doors on the west wall, and they lead into a small hallway. It is lined on either side by more of those lamps. At the end of it, there's another set of doors that are closed. It is only a small hallway. I'm assuming right now I can't see them. Oh no, you can see. You have a candelabra. And Maya has a fork. Maya has a fork. So you have light. And the other doors are maybe ten feet away at most. It's a small hallway. More doors. And she'll kind of like, look, does it look like anything's been, any just anything's walked through recently? Nothing has disturbed the dust. Well, might as well keep going. And Colleen will kind of slowly walk through into the hallway and walk towards the other doors. And you said there were doors on either side, like the right and left? Just a straight hallway. She'll just walk down or start walking down towards the other doors. Although she'll kind of wait for someone, at least one other person to kind of walk with her. She's alone. She won't walk by herself. Sylvie would walk like right behind her. She's been dying to explore this haunted house, even though she's a little bit scared. She's still pretty excited. Maya's acting a bit like a sheepdog, trying to, like, keep everybody together in a close group so we don't get separated again. And Maya really doesn't like the fact that we're investigating the house. So she wants to make sure we're all there to protect each other. Kalina is going slow. She's being very cautious. What about Marcus and Alice? Marcus is following along. Keeping an eye out, he's a little, little scared. Still doesn't do well with ghosts and things like that. So, Alice has been lecturing the ghost that he can't see on wasting food that someone else gives you, and I assume because Maya is trying to keep the group together, that perhaps she is grabbing him by the neck to continue on and stop holding the ghost for not eating the berry. Just pulling Alice's collar, collar of their cloak. Come on. As you drag Alice through those doors, the doors in front of Kalina and Sylvie spring open, and the doors behind you slam shut. Oh, shit. Before they get in, or after they get in the hallway? After they're in the hallway. Sylvie, I'll describe the, the upcoming room to you. Kalina, you'll be able to see some of the room with the light being cast by the candelabra but not all of it dim light filters through three grimy windows on the south wall into this cavernous room but the light is so weak and the room is so large that the north end the end you are closest to remains untouched by the light from these windows. You can tell that on the far end, near those windows, the curtains are faded. And around this room, its walls are paneled and painted in cream and a blue that is almost black. And in some cases, the edges of these panels 
almost appears that it's gilded with gold. On the far wall from you, on the west wall, you see two sets of double doors. One sat almost directly across from the hallway you are entering this room from, and the other further to the south. It appears there's also a set of double doors to the north, to your right. The floor of this room is a beautiful wooden floor, perhaps dependent on some of your pasts, the various individuals. You may recognize this style of room. It is a ballroom or a dancing room, perhaps even a music room. So this hallway looks like a great place to go to sleep and uh, barricaders. <laughs> In the northwestern corner of the room that you look into, there looks like there's a large piece of furniture or something, but it is covered and draped with a cloth. I will also note that this ballroom does have between the two sets of double doors on the west wall, a massive, enormous fireplace. What are each of you going to do? Cleese just comments like, who needs such a large room in their house? Well, it would be beautiful if it were, well, clean and filled with dancers and music. Why would a house have dancers and music? Oh, Clayton kind of like looks genuinely confused. Maya's having like a flashback to things that she remembers as a child. You know, if you had a if you had a party and you invited friends and relatives and important uh, uh, people, you'd you'd have dinner and dancing and music and conversation and how oh, it could be really really amazing this is kind of big to explore we want to kind of like split up and take the sides yeah if we each take a door and just look in we, we wouldn't be far from one another if we needed help but keep keep within so that we can see each other still right okay um that works sounds good let's hit the dance floor why would we why would we hit a dance floor and what do we hit it with well, I don't have any heavy equipment, but I'm, I think we can, I think we can perhaps walk across it. It's not really hitting it, though. It's not. It's, it's more like walking across it. Well, I will hit it with my feet. I mean, you're sort of hitting it with your feet. Yeah, see? <laughs> Sylvie, let's go hit it. Perfect, let's go. A very confusing term. Sylvie and Alice, I guess, are going to dance off into the into the ballroom. What doors are you heading towards? Are you heading towards the doors to the north, the doors directly across from the doors you've entered, the doors to the south, towards the fireplace, towards the windows, or to the object in the corner covered in cloth? I think Sylvie would want to go investigate the object covered in cloth. Same. Okay, great. Sylvie and Alice are going to go investigate the object. With dance. While dancing. So you cross to this large object or piece of furniture. Are you going to pull back the cloth that is covering it? Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. We've been waiting to explore this haunted house. And the rest of them have been like, no, you can't go. You're going to die if you guys go. Yeah, Sony and Alice are not going to let this, the, everybody else slow them down. Right. <laughs> you yank the cloth back, scattering dust into the air and a beautifully carved harpsichord sits there. Ah, a torture device. Oh my, that sounds scary. What's it doing in, it? this is a dancing room, right? They trap people inside of, of that base right there and the buttons on the other side torture whoever is inside. Like, can I open it? Make a wisdom saving throw. Oh no, no. Both of us are just Alice. Yeah, why don't both of you make it? Oh, great, okay. I really did not do too bad. I absolutely did quite well. Um, I got a 18 and 20? Uh, not a, not natural, but... 14 for me. So you both open it, and you pull it open, and you prop it up, and it looks beautiful. It looks perfect. It, it's not covered in dust because it's been carefully protected. Huh. No, uh, torturees inside. Oh, they must have removed the bodies. You know, it's, that makes sense. You wouldn't want them to be all decomposed in there. This seems like a nice torture device. Yeah, very well kept. Very well kept. Does, does the piano look... Piano. Does the harpsichord look unnatural at all? Do I get any kind of arcane sense from it? You don't get any arcane sense from it course you don't know if it's in tune you haven't played it moving on to the others we can check out the doors next to the fireplace that's close is kalina going alone or are you guys going as a group she's posing the question to marcus and maya as sylvie and alice ran off maya's got kind of a dreamy look in her eye and if this were a movie it would be one of those scenes where you see the, like, disused, decrepit-looking ballroom, but then you keep getting flashes of it in its heyday with people dancing in it, and she can almost hear the music. It's really reminding her of her past in a way that nothing on Merstwall ever has. So she's having this kind of, like, dreamy moment. Why, yes. This perhaps does bring back memories of the palace in Amaranth. I think Maya would probably be drawn to the harpsichord. She doesn't, like, she's not proficient in it by any means, but I imagine that as a child, the the education that she had and the people that she was educated with, she probably would have been given some rudimentary elementary lessons. She can probably do chopsticks and, uh, I don't know, Three blind mice, you know, whatever the standards of children's harpsichord playing are on Ebris. A few little things, but she'd be very rusty at it. So you would like to play it? Maya would love to play it. Oh, Maya, look, we found a torture device. Yes. Oh, no. no bodies. It's it's like perfectly well kept. No, it's a, it's a harpsichord. It makes beautiful music so you can make such cheerful oh, all kinds of things and wonderful to dance to really yes uh, i i mean it's it's probably not in tune and i'm by no means a harp support player but 
Maybe I could just play a few notes. Please, we've... I don't... Sylvia, have you ever heard one of these? Oh, I had never heard of a harpsichord. A harpsichord? Harpsichord. Sounds torturous. Please, Maya, please. Maya's gonna go call up some long-forgotten knowledge, but she's definitely feeling very nostalgic. Yeah, she's gonna try to play the harpsichord. Give me a performance check. Oh. Oh, with disadvantage? In this case, no. Well, in that case, that's a 12. As you sit down and you begin to play, you completely blank out. Oh, no. Everyone else, this is what occurs. Maya takes a seat, and she begins to play a slow tune. It begins to spiral and become complex. Like the crashing of waves upon a distant and forlorn shore. Sylvie and Alice, can I please have perception checks from you? That would be a five for Alice. Yeah, so we didn't do much better. Um, seven? While the two of you do not notice this, this is what occurs. The song, it begins to, she begins to move into a faster pace, peace. And as she does, her fingers flawlessly moving across the keys, they cut into her, gnaw into her, bite into her. And her bloody fingerprints and tips, they dance across the various keys and continue to play, blanking out for about a minute. And at the end, she will suddenly come to. But as she plays, the temperature in the room plummets, and the sound of the harpsichord slowly drowns away into that of an entire orchestra. Kalina and Marcus, as you're moving across the room, suddenly you're going to be caught up in this song as Maya plays. Can you both give me wisdom saving throws? A 14. A 9. Marcus, you briefly see a spectral woman form in front of you. And she dips into a curtsy and reaches out her hand towards you as if inviting you into a dance. You get a choice about if you're going to accept her hand or not. You can't make out the features of this woman's face, and her clothing is... It's not in a modern style. It's definitely a... A couple... Generations out of style. On the other hand, Kalina, a man, steps forward and simply takes your hand and pulls you into a dance. Alice and Sylvie, 
this dancing instead of seeing the bloody fingerprints that Maya is leaving across the harpsichord as it cuts into her fingers. Marcus, will you accept this lady's hand to dance? Yes. You are pulled up into a dance, and as you spin this lady, and as Kalina, you are spun, as you dance and twirl and spin, the entire room seems to almost shift around you. Only the two of you can see this. But you see this room as if it was back in the very day when this ballroom was lit with a hundred candles at night. When perhaps nobles danced and sung, or at least the gentry of this island, before it was a penal colony. This dancing, it's... You're caught up in it. Other people twirling and spinning in ball gowns and finery in suits. As Kalina and Marcus dance with their spectral partners, Sylvie and Alice, you see them dancing. You don't see the ballroom change around them. But, Sylvie, you see standing near the back of the room a man dressed perhaps almost like a butler or a valet a man with a dark freckled face an oval face a softly shaped jaw and a rather straight nose with hard eyes he looks on at this dancing and he seems to almost sneer are the two of you going to say anything to each other or are you just going to watch this happen I think at first Alice is caught up in the fact that Maya is so good at, at you know playing this instrument that he thought it was a torture device but I think as the dancing progresses he would have a sense of something sufficient going on and can I uh, well I don't know if I can do an action but I will I would like to attempt to cast detect magic at some point so oh go right ahead yes you can you can use your action remember this dancing and the song playing goes for a minute so I will uh, take my wand out and try and see if something is amiss well Alice is casting that Sylvie are you going to do anything I think she would just look over at Alice and be like, should we dance too? Uh, if Alice was not caught up, he would join the dancing. <laughs> but it, it might fall on deaf ears as he is like so focused on remembering that they're actually in a dangerous haunted house and not at a fun event. As you cast Detect Magic, you can hear the tune moves from this dancing, lilting tune into an almost more frantic and darker song. Something that is malevolent. And detect magic, it only gives you auras, right? It should give me the school of magic that it's from, and a faint aura around a creature or object in an area that, that bears magic. So you get a faint necromancy, but it is permeating this entire house. It's almost... It's not something summoning ghosts. It's not even something that's causing whatsoever's going on right now to happen. It's almost something that has sunken into the bones. 
this place. Something that holds it here. And as you're sort of grappling with that, the song ends. And the dancers, they turn and they bow, and you briefly actually see an almost spectral form stand up from where Maya was sitting, half-imposed with Maya. And then it is over. Maya, mm-hmm. you have taken 12 piercing damage over the course of this playing. Good. You'll tell me when I come back to myself? Uh, you have come back to yourself now. Uh, oh. I... Um... My hands. Oh, Maya, that was... Oh, my gosh, what happened? I don't... I don't... I knew it. This is a torture device. I knew it. No, I just... You're right, Alice. You're right. I just... I... What did happen? I just sat down and... And... Why are my hands bleeding? Kalina, you... Vaguely remember dancing in a beautiful ballroom. Marcus, on the other hand, you remember you started dancing with a ghostly woman... And then it went it turned into a beautiful ballroom where people s- seemed alive. And now suddenly you're back in this dark, abandoned house. Ooh. Was I aware that we were dancing or did it just look like... like how conscious would you say I would have been to this whole thing? You fr- were from the perspective of a dancer. But I knew definitively I was actually dancing. Perhaps it was a memory. Okay. Uh, what the heck was that? I don't know. It looked like we were... Was it a woman? I think. But she wasn't normal. Then we were... uh, I got transported to... Maybe I was transported? I, I don't know. What happened to you? I just saw this man and then just... Started... Dancing? But I've never danced before and it looked like she looks around like this place actually looked lively had lights had people yeah yeah you're right I've never danced before I don't know how I dance that was pleasant you danced quite well Kalina Alice well yeah yeah it was lovely Maya's just staring at her bloody fingers. Not She has no idea how this has happened or what has happened. And I think the, the conversation that's going on around her, she's only partially hearing. Uh, why were we dancing? Like, I was trying to come over to Maya. Maya was playing that beautiful tune, and then... I, I played? Very well. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, you you did. Yes. Nobody has ever called my plane beautiful. But also, I only remember sitting down here and nothing else. I don't even, I don't remember playing a single note. The last thing I remember is definitively was walking over to you, listening to the melody, then just started dancing for some reason. Alice will flick his wand away, tucking it in to its holder on his waist. And he'll kind of look at the group and observing everything, and he'll just say, All right, everyone, I think playtime's over. 
there is a darkness in this house, a, a necromancy that I have felt that is in the, the foundation of this place. I mean, Maya being played by a torture device that she thought she was being played. Kalina learning how to dance and seeing the past. Marcus dancing with a ghostly woman. There's a terrible force here. And I'll, I will try to take this more seriously. Uh, Sylvie, did, did anything happen to you? Um, I don't think so. Is this, is the room still cold? Uh, no, the temperature has returned to still chilly, but not frigid. I mean, I was okay. The room was freezing. Did you, did you not feel that? Oh, I felt it. Well, I mean, we knew the house was haunted. Well, we were pretty sure the house was haunted. So is it, could it just be the ghosts that are, that you felt or was it something else? I've... Correct me if I'm wrong here, Cass. I've been around ghosts before, and this is not the same thing to me. Like, this is something... There are only two times that you can think of when something like this happened in your memory. Once, when a poltergeist of some kind was hurled or set upon Big Hilda. You didn't really find out who ever set it against her. But Big Hilda eventually banished it and turned it back towards who had ever tried to basically assassinate her with it. And then another time when Big Hilda had called up something like very old spirits. Spirits that were either very powerful or had in some ways almost transcended between the boundary between life and death. They had not gone to Adrestia's book. They had fully chosen to stay behind. Calling up, becoming a dark malevolence, often held in a place because of something that occurred in their past that they couldn't put behind them. Souls that couldn't be laid to rest. Well, as all of you know, I spent some time with a witch. There are those that are so terrible in life, so soaked in blood and salt and ruin, that they are bound. And I can't say for sure what's going on here. But I can say I think we picked the wrong place to stay. I don't imagine Hale to be as dangerous as the walls we find ourselves in now. And I'm sorry I didn't see it sooner. This isn't your fault, Alice. Is there... Anything that we can do? Is there anything we can learn from this witch that would help us fight whatever this evil malevolence is in the house? Her powers and knowledge is far greater than anything I have come to know, but 
she was able to banish spirits. I do think, though, something of, of this nature is well beyond my expertise. But if it's bound here by will or by desire, then those are human emotions that we all understand very well. And if it's something that we can use to our advantage to perhaps help them cross the plane into Adrestia's book, have their name written down finally for good. But I don't know. I don't want to die. I don't, I don't know. We're going to need to rest at some point. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting tired. You're right. I can barely stay on my feet. We've been up for so long. Mine's still just staring at her hands, and she says, I really, really don't feel well. I imagine Alice has already gone over to Maya to do his best to... He's not a healer, but I I assume that he would try and dress her wounds with whatever scrap he has from his tailoring with him. Sylvie would probably do her best to help. She has a decent amount of medical knowledge, so thank you. Thank you both. You guys are able to bandage up Maya's hands. I will to do some anything substantial will require a medicine check. But if you just want to bandage them up, they're not bleeding profusely. Um, Alice is also gonna like wave over her hands too, like, and he's not actually doing anything, but he like in his mind he's like breaking whatever bad juju was was put on her hands. I love it. Listen, we're on our last leg here. We really can't afford... I mean, look how badly Maya's hurt. Uh, no, barely fingers anymore and a twisted ankle. Great, they're practically nubs. Oh, they're practically nubs. She'll never play again. <laughs> As you are talking loudly, there's a creaking sound. And one of the sets of doors opens. Nothing comes in. Nothing comes out. Okay, I don't know about the rest of you, but I I believe what Hella says about the evil of this house, and I am not in favor of following wherever it thinks it wants to lead us. I don't know if we have much of a choice. Unless some of you know how to fight spirits. I don't think I can stab a spirit. Probably the only way to get out. No, I think we are now guests of a lucky Calagos. They want to look in the room. I mean, no, Maya has no interest. She does. Which set of doors was it that opened? It's on the southwestern doors. So, like the far doors from where we opened or entered. Yeah. Okay. Uh, random question. What did Kleena do with the candelabra while she was dancing? You danced with it. Oh, okay. You danced with it as if it was in your upraised hand. Thank you. Trance dancing. Uh, Maya's fork is tucked into her belt, for the record. Kleena would walk towards the door and kind of just peer down into whatever room or hallway it would be. So you peer into a 
what appears to be the southwestern corner of the house. It's surrounded by windows with heavy, faded gold-colored drapes that are on each side of the windows. The windows on the far west wall are tightly shuttered, but there seems to be no shutters on the southern windows, and the light from them that filters through whenever lightning flashes and just a little bit through the storm doesn't really illuminate the room at all. So you're seeing it from the perspective of illuminated by the candelabra. Alice will follow Kalina and look over Kalina's shoulder. This room is decorated in bold colors, blue walls, and green fabrics with yellow accents. In the southwestern corner, a portion of the plaster from the ceiling has collapsed to the floor, leaving water stains on the floorboards of the room that above have been exposed. And a slight dripping that is coming from whatever is above it. Around this room, the furniture is mostly upholstered of high-back wooden chairs, but there is also a couch, a divan, and many little end tables. And there is one round table with a chair drawn up to it that has cards strewn on and about it as if someone had dropped an entire deck. You can also see that directly to the right of these doors inside is a fireplace in the northern corner of the room, and that it appears some small figurines sit on the mantle above it. Oh, I am not into figurines. I actually have automatonophobia, so this is wonderful for me as a player, but Alice doesn't care. Uh, so... Kalina, it, uh, it looks adequate for rest. Do you think so? Mm, I can't see too far in. Oh, right, sorry, my eyes, right. Must be nice to be able to see in the dark. Well, it would be if I knew when I should go to sleep, but it's, sometimes it's not easy. Anyway, hey, everyone, this way looks okay. There's no torture devices as far as I can see. Sounds modified. All right. Sylvie will probably walk with Maya over in that direction. Maya's probably leaning on Sylvie a bit, limping and kind of cradling their hands a little bit inward towards her chest. Alice will step into the room and he's going to try and light the fireplace with produce flame and investigate these figures. Kalina will be basically right behind him. So above the fireplace are figures of a couple different animals. So there's a dark stone badger. It's small. There is a a small statuette of a kneeling deer or or an elk with delicate antlers. That's almost a sort of dark red, almost slightly tinged pink, but it's almost so black that it's hard to tell. There is a a small statuette of a sort of a grayish silver wolf sitting, and then there is a bright pink with black speckles figurine that is carved, look almost like a raven that is perched. And last, there is a, a big-horned ram or sheep in a green crystalline stone that is so it has webs of white and black almost going across it. 
Wow, look. My favorite animal. And he'll pick up the sheep. Yeah, clip. Ah, mine too, and pick up the wolf. Oh, look, is that a raven? I do love the deer. Some majestic about it. Maya just looks really suspiciously at the badger. How long does your detect magic last? It's ten minutes, isn't it? It is ten minutes, yes. Each object is faintly radiating conjuration magic of some kind. Each of these figurines is faintly radiating conjuration magic of some kind. Is that good or bad? Uh, and that means what? Yeah. I think that all magic really depends on who cast it, and so far, um, doesn't seem to be like there's good magic here. So, there's my advice. Sorry, you said it had a webbed pattern, a green webbed pattern? Yep. Did I light the fire, by the way? Did that work? Yes. There was wood in this fireplace. Wow. There was wood in this fireplace. I'm gonna, like, look at it, the sheep through the fire, having the light, like, kind of shine through it and see if I notice anything different about it or its shadow or anything. Looking at it, no, you you don't notice anything different. But you do remember that Beg Hilda had a few various small figurines of various animals. And that they could change. That sometimes, because she generally didn't need a horse, she would just throw out a figurine of a horse. And it would become one. As this memory dawns on Alice, he will just reflexively try and do what she did and throw the sheep out. As you do, as it flies through the air, transforming and growing into a large, big-horned ram, there is now suddenly, there is suddenly a large-sized, big-horned ram in the middle of this room. And that is where we will end tonight's session. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Foolish mortals. Welcome to the Haunted Mansion. Resident E.O. Wrong, wrong thing. <laughs> it's, uh... Carlos. Oh, uh, Carlos, I called you Carlos. No, no. <laughs> okay, it, was, it was just Carlos now, I don't know. If, oh, I know. sorry, uh, just a spirit in my ear. Oh, <laughs> sounds handsome. Great, not double disadvantage? That would be awful. <laughs> Roll three dice, take the lowest. <laughs> Cast you muted. Hello? Did I get disconnected? Oh, no, okay. 
Oh, no, I think that just everyone stopped talking at the same time. Welcome to Resident Evil. Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> Ebris. <laughs> Resident Ebris. <laughs> I love you guys, zombies. Zomba Shark. Zomba Shark. Is it a full moon? Maybe it's a wear Zomba Shark. Oh, good lord. Mm, definitely. That sounds right. <laughs> Oh my god, old man Longstep was right, it is the moon, people. Oh no, do we have any petrified wood? <laughs> no. We are recording, Cass, whenever you're ready to resume this horrible adventure. Marcus is, uh, <coughs> goodness gracious. Markness, Markness, Mark, Mark, I just died there, sorry. Marcus. Would you like Alice to go first? <laughs> nope, I got it. We're good. It's all right. It's fine. That's just the good bloopers. Constricting my uh, vocal cords. Sorry. Uh, push people through the strings, I've heard. And it's horrible. But I guess it's a spectacle for parties, maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh, a harpsichord, not a harp. Not a harpsichord. No, a harpsichord. Sorry, not a harp. Sorry, no. I was about to be like, hey, uh, hey, uh um. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like Anastasia, the movie. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. It's a good dancing bear as painted wings. Oh, we're not doing that anymore? My bad. Sorry. I almost remember... But you gotta finish it now. I love you guys. <laughs>